that's that's my opening. Well, got nothing better than that. Welcome back to another episode of Charge On. Uh, not a great one, uh, Knights fans. This is basically going to be a. I don't know how long this episode is going to be, but it's going to be a rant. That's it. It's just going to be a long, painful rant. We appreciate you coming back and supporting the show, as always. Um, I have Mr. Rob Husby with me. Uh, Nick is not on the pod. He actually came to the game, has to drive back to Tampa. Um, He is so upset that he couldn't be on the pod this evening. We were recording this at midnight. Uh, We just got back from the game, uh, composed our thoughts, and now we are jumping on. So, Rob, uh, I know this is a terrible question to ask, but how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing wonderful, Sean. After watching watching that team crap it up on the football field tonight, uh, I feel bad for Nick that he had to attend that entire game and then drive like two and a half hours back to Tampa tonight. Like, Godspeed, my friend. Yeah, not the game to come to. I no. mean, not the not the game to attend tonight. Nope. So let's just get into it. Um, like I said, Knights fans, this is a rant. Um, there. This game, because last season was very hard. I think most of us can agree watching the Knights last year was like pulling your hair out um, and getting punched in the face all at the same time. Tonight felt like that, but in a way that somehow was worse. Almost like you have a knife to your stomach, you're getting your hair pulled out, your teeth are getting pulled out by a dentist, and you're also getting punched in the face, but your nose is getting broken at the same time, so it's even worse. That's how tonight felt. Um, Rob, how did it feel for you? If Was that a good explanation? Did I explain that well? I mean, I think you could have added the kick in the nuts part, but you know that I think all that describes it. I mean, I would, I would say one word to describe it, exhausting. That's that's the way to I mean the weather was not horrible out, you know, for a Florida Florida evening game is a little humid, but I mean, we were sweaty, we're tired, but I mean, I think that game just wore us out mentally. It just that was that was tough to watch. And here's the thing, the beginning of the game it was hype. And and we mm-hmm. knew it was going to be hype. We mm-hmm. knew that there was so much hype surrounding this game. We we're like, "Listen, we're at home. We talked about it on the pod, right?" Louisville got their butt kicked last week. They put up seven points. We're thinking, we've got a team this year, man. Like, (laughs) we're going to wipe the floor with these people. And, you know, you start the game. Defense gives up seven points right off the bat. And we're like, wow, okay. Defense, look, again, you're playing SC State. And we kept saying, you're playing SC State. You're playing SC State. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, okay, now you're playing a real team. And first possession, Louisville goes down, scores a touchdown on you. Okay. Offense, answers right back. No problems in the drive. You know, you, you, you were getting first downs. You, were, you had a couple third downs that you, you, you got done. You scored a touchdown with Isaiah Bowser, 7-7. You're like, okay, cool. I think they punted the next time. Both teams punted. Mm-hmm. And then after they came back, defense played good those next two possessions. UCF came back. Put up another touchdown drive. Now, that was in the second quarter. It was 7-7 to end the first. And obviously, Louisville had the missed field goal. So that helped. 
And then UCF answered with a touchdown. They ran the only two touchdowns of the night came from the Wildcat formation with Isaiah Bowser running it into the end zone. Those were the only two touchdowns of your night. There are so many, so many problems. Like, and not like, oh, simple things that we can fix. And, oh, this is simple. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, there are so many things that we're watching and we're like, wow. Number one, this team is undisciplined. Mm-hmm. Undisciplined to the umph degree. I mean, how many players, Rob, how many players from this football team got charged with unnecessary roughness or something to that effect after the play for a free 15 yards? I mean, it was at least four or five. Yeah, I think we were counting after the game. It was like four or five, wasn't it? It was something and something stupid like that. And and I get and people, if you want to put in the comments, like I, I know a couple of them, like Braden Jennings, he had one. Um, Ricky Barber, he had one. Gene Baptiste had one after the. It, it got sick. First I mean, after, after a while, after a while, you just literally get like, okay, yep, we pushed a guy down. We we did that. It's like, at some point, it's sickening. Mm-hmm. This team is so undisciplined and so I get it. You can have fun and you can enjoy yourself playing and enjoying the game, and not be this undisciplined. Mm-hmm. Penalties. We Nick brought it up last week. It was ten penalties for eighty-five yards. Nick said, "Have to clean that up. If if you're going to be a good football team in college football and you go to a big bowl game or win your conference, those type of penalties are not going to fly." And it no. was against SC State. Now, granted, it was the first week, so we're like, "Okay, eleven penalties for hundred and eleven yards. <laughs> a full football field in penalties on the UCF side, and pretty much all of them." Like, listen, you could give or take a couple. Where, And guess what? Two of those penalties wiped down 14 points that you had. 14 points that came off the board because of some stupid penalty that you committed. Yep. So what are your thoughts on the penalties tonight? What are your thoughts on these penalties? We've seen this before. We've seen this story before. This was a problem under Heupel was the undisciplined team. We always talked about that. In, in Heupel's last season, it was the undiscipline of the team and how immature some of them could be sometimes and how those penalties would cost them. And we saw that tonight. I think the, the definitely, I mean, while the unnecessary roughness calls hurt, I think you're looking at the more offensive side of the ball and how undisciplined yeah. the offensive line was. I mean, like you just said, we two touchdowns costed. Direct touchdowns costed because of holding penalties. Like that's so, so, so coachable and so fixable. I mean, you just you have to do something about that. That that is something that cannot wait halfway through the season. They need to fix that next week. And let's get some straight. The Knights had ample ample opportunities to win this game. Oh, they had at least four. You, you drive after touch- drive, the, the defense bailed them out almost every drive. And that's the thing. And I know a lot of Knights fans will listen. The game I watched, and in nice fans, you could say, oh, the defense. And I was mentioning it to Rob after the game because, yes, the game I was watching, the defense was keeping this game. They were keeping the Knights in it. There, there's no other way to describe it. They were keeping Louisville away for a majority of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the score was 7-14 to 14 for almost uh, half. at least 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's like, now, Louisville still had 427 yards of total offense. Like, they still moved the ball. 226 yards rushing. So, obviously, 
I think the takeaway from the defense tonight is that is the brightest part of this team right now is the mm-hmm. defense. Now, not saying there's not stuff to work on. I mean, again, I think all of the unnecessary roughness penalties came from the defense. Yes. Just stupid, idiotic plays that you didn't need that, yes, that's coachable where you can say, like, guys, like, we need to be more disciplined. Like, we can't. That's If you count how many unnecessary roughnesses, those were, what, that's 60 yards? That's almost, mm-hmm. that's over half of your penalty yards from the game was in unnecessary roughness. So, yes, that's coachable. And the defense did keep you in this game, ultimately. Yes. Stuff to work on. So, that's all I need to say about the defense. I think they played as good as you can. 20 points. I mean, yes, they only scored seven last week. But, again, it's SC State, though. No, I was saying um, against Syracuse. Oh, against Syracuse. Oh, okay. You're talking about from Seven points against Syracuse. and I, and I think yeah. also, too, I mean, it's a vast improvement over last season. I mean, UCF scored, what, 35 points last season, and they still lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, while they put up the numbers rushing and, and throwing, like Cunningham was, especially the first half, he was running running over the defense a lot. I mean, there was, I think it was, I forget if it was in the end of the third quarter, this game kind of blended in. The end of the third quarter, the start of the fourth, um, on one of Louisville's drive, Cunningham threw like a 25 or 30-yard pass, and it was like, oh, here we go, and... UCF's defense stopped him on the 10 and forced yep. him to a field goal. Like, that's that's very, very impressive. No, it is. And that's why brightest spot of the night was the defense, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Again, Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. You can clean up some of the stuff, but ultimately, I think that's the brightest spot of this team right now. I agree. Let's go into the special teams before we <laughs> go into offense because I the offense is going to take for a while. Um, <laughs> there's nothing special about the special teams that, that, no. that I will say. Um, and listen, I want to make it very clear. And I, I, I understand these are just college students, right? They're just college kids. And you, you don't, you don't want to go in on them so hard because they are at the end of the day, they are 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. I, I and I understand that. And I a hundred percent get it, but you have to call it like it is. And I think the problem that a lot of fans have had is Daniel Obarski is just not – he's lost his t- – I mean, like, you could see it. It's so visible. And, and I, I talked with Rob. We were sitting next to each other during the game. Obarski misses the field goal, mm-hmm. right? Misses the field goal. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, okay, if he misses this, then it's – it is 100% fact he has lost all confidence mm-hmm. in himself. Yeah. And am I going to sit here and say UCF fans are not to blame? No. I think, yes, the reason that he probably is in his head so much is because UCF fans, like me, razz on him every single week and say, oh, we're going for a field goal. Here comes Obarski. He's probably going to shank it. So, no, I do think UCF fans play all the part in the way that he is performing. Yeah. Now... On top of that, as a college kicker, and as a kicker in general, your job is to come out and make your field goals and make your extra points. That is your job. You shouldn't be listening to the fans. You shouldn't be caring what they think. You should be focused on your job. And ultimately, it didn't matter because the game was 20-14. to 14. But at one point in time, it was 7-14. to 14. If you make that a field goal, it's 17-7, to 7, and it's a two-score game. 
and instead of, you know, us being down, it might be tied, and then, you know, you your offense has a little bit more wiggle room to, like, try to figure something out. I think I've got, we, I think all UCF fans have gotten to the point, like, listen, he has made some good kicks in the past, but he's also missed some very big kicks in his career that have cost UCF some big losses. It's not his fault that we lost the game tonight. Far from it. He, if ultimately, if the game was 20 to 17, I think I'd be going much harder on the missed kick. Yeah. But I think we have decided, and I think we're all just so tired of the missed field goals because those are points on the board that we're not getting. Right. And the number, the number one thing you don't want to worry about with a kicker is the one thing you don't want to think about them is when they get on the field. Like, if it's an automatic, like, oh, hope he makes it. Oh, hope he doesn't miss. Oh, here comes a miss. I mean, that's the number one thing you don't want. That just shows you have no confidence in your kicker. No, and we were, and I was sitting right next to you, and we're watching him practice. So we're <laughs> on the, we're sitting on the end. And listen, again, I don't want to, I feel bad, but I also don't. I mean, it, it's more on the coaching staff to, I get you want to put all this confidence in your kicker. You can see him in practice. He was practicing at halftime. This man was missing terribly, like not even close. Like he was shanking them so far that you're like, wow. And you could see, like he picked up the thing that was holding the ball, that was keeping the ball for him, and he just chucked it. Like you could see on his face he's just so done because he's struggling big time. Like, yeah, he made his extra points, and he hasn't really had a problem with making the extra points. The field goals, though, there's something in his head. There's something not right. I will say, special team-wise, on the punt returns and um, kickoffs, better tonight. Um, a lot of that stuff got cleaned up from last week. A lot of the flags uh, in the punt return game and stuff like that were not happening tonight. So I guess... <laughs> Positive. There you go. Yeah. yeah there's instead, the positive. Instead of, instead of flags on the punt return, it was flags on the offense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Obarski. You know, I think again, it's it's almost like a rinse and repeat at this point. Yeah. I just think we need to find somebody else. And it's just, at, like, yeah. What at what point do you turn to Colton Boomer? I mean, I don't know if he's still hurt, but I know he got hurt in camp. But I think, I mean, we saw him saw him out there tonight. Like, I don't know at what point we say, okay, maybe we need to you know, rethink this. Maybe we should give him a shot. I mean, I just don't know how long you experiment with Oborski. I don't know. Here's the thing. And this is, I was telling you, Oh, I think this is the, I told you, I think at halftime, I'm like, I think this is the last game we see him maybe starting. I might renege on that now because there's so many other problems with this team that I think yeah, kicker might be the last yeah, thing. He's not even, he's not even a general concern. No. So let's go offense. Cause I was fuming. And I think many <laughs> nights fans were watching this game. Um, I remember, so Nick texted after the first drive against SC State and said, oh, shades of Mackenzie Milton. And I said, when you throw on Mackenzie Milton's name, you better, it better be like, that's a, that's an all-time great. Probably, if we're being honest, the best UCF player to ever walk through those doors. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Obviously, he's not in the NFL, but I think he's done more for the program than anybody. Um, and that's saying a lot since Blake Bortles and Dante Culpepper were here. Um, again, um, just so basic play calling, um, that it's almost frustrating where, again, I want to pull my hair out and bang my head up against a wall. And, and 
you know, I think Gus with the height, the problem with Heupel was again, he was called, it was almost like run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, run, lateral punt. And it's like, no offense to Gus, but that's what it looked like tonight. The Mm -hmm. basic play calls of run up the middle, quarterback design, run lateral off to the side and hope that a wider, it's like, we get it. You have skill position. You have great skill position players. You need to use them. Stop. Like, we all said the reason JRP is the quarterback is because he can do things Mikey Keene can't. Mikey Keene can throw the ball better, but he can't run as good as JRP. You're seeing the problem with this offense right now is now you're relying too heavily, which is what we talked about before week one. Is it going to come to a point where you rely so heavily on the run that the passing becomes non-existent and it be it hurts the team in the long run. You saw that happen tonight. John Rice Plumley, 16 of 34, 131 yards, one interception, 3.9 yards per pass. For a UCF offense that for its history has been known to just light it up passing the football. Mm-hmm. 3.9 yards per pass. That was John Rice Plumley. Five-year anniversary. Um Today, uh, uh, when we got home, my girlfriend, she showed me that. And I'm like, oh, it was five-year anniversary. It has nothing to do with the game, but it just sucks he had that game on his anniversary. I feel bad for him. I I feel bad that – I hope this didn't taint the day. I I mean, I'm pretty sure it must have, but, man, you get so much hype. I think the frustrating thing is, again, you, you put so much hype into one game, and then you realize, like, listen, it's college football, and the next game, it could change like that. Yeah, yeah you had 17 carries for 83 yards. But it's he, I think there was every single time he ran, it was almost like he relied. It was a reliance. Like, he was not confident in throwing the football tonight. Or, it was a bailout. Yeah. It's like, oh, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, listen, you ran for this much in the SEC – no offense to John Rice Plumbing, he's fast. And I don't want to discredit and say like 17 for 83 is not bad. I mean, like it's not. It wasn't like he was going and picking up first downs every play. I mean, it was second and sixes, and then we're getting put in third and fours. And it's like you, you hope that, okay, we're going to start making some passes and making some throws. And when you only complete 16 balls tonight, as a wide receiver, Rob – I bet that is extremely frustrating, and that was my fear, and that's my that was my fear before. It's like you're getting some great skill position players, and I know it's week two, and we'll talk about positives and what we can build on moving like in a second. But skill position, if I'm a skill position player like a wide receiver, and I'm not getting the ball because we're running with the quarterback every single play, mm-hmm. you know. When do you kind of step up and be like, what are we – like, I want the ball. I mean, yeah. I want to prove myself. When when does that happen? Yeah, I mean, I I think – I mean, we were even talking about it at one point at the game tonight was – I think we heard, like, Kamari Gamble's name, like, twice at one point. I think I remember seeing him in the catch-up ball in the third quarter, and, was, and he had a big catch, and it was like, wow, look, haven't heard his name in a while. Even Ryan O'Keefe. Like, Ryan O'Keefe's supposed to be your number one option, and I think he had, like, two – screenplays that I remember and he really wasn't utilized much at all like I just don't I just don't know what they're doing and I mean I don't think they're utilizing John Rice Plumley's strengths as much um for a guy that 
you know, has the, the accuracy has been in question. I, I think why is he not throwing up the middle as much? There was almost no throws up the middle tonight. Where, no, where was they that? Ran it up the middle. Yeah, they ran, ran it up, up the middle. middle no throws there. Um, nope. They aban- completely abandoned the, the deep ball. I mean, there was one drive in, um, I, I think it was the second quarter, where UCF had two pass interference calls uh, from throwing the deep ball because Louisville was on their toes. Their their cornerbacks were playing way too much up on them. You know, they were getting physical, and it forced them into two bad penalty um, uh, pass interference calls. Yep. So what is the response to that? Well, let's run more screen plays. Let's throw more laterals. Let's run the ball more. Where's the deep ball? Where's the pressure being put on the cornerbacks for Louisville that clearly are shaken up? You know, it, there's no RPOs, no no throws up the middle. I mean, this is a, a offense that absolutely, because of the speed of Ryan O'Keefe and Javon Baker and a lot of these guys, I mean, they would heavily benefit from RPOs and, and quick releases from John Rice Plumley, But we didn't see any of that. I mean, we saw Javon we saw, Baker had a good game. I mean, he did. He no, was he the best receiver on the field. Yeah, he had five yeah. wrecks for eighty-four yards. Yeah, no. He but was fine. to your to your point, though, Ryan O'Keefe four receptions for eight yards, and like you said, yeah. it was the lateral. They used no. him in laterals. Yeah, that was it. I mean, you, you're using a guy with that much speed. Where are the slant plays? Where are the RPOs? Where's the throws up the middle when he can just take off and open coverage? Like, where where is that? There's none of that. No. And that's the thing. If you look at the receptions, it's it's more eye opening than anything is, because you can be like, oh, like what were the pass plays? I mean, he completed sixteen balls, right? So, mm-hmm. where did the yards come from? So, if you look at it, there was one hundred thirty one yards total. Eighty four of them came from Javon Baker. <laughs> so, Alec Holler had one reception for zero yards. Xavier Townsend had three receptions for seven yards. Kamori Kim- Gamble one reception for seven yards. Ryan O'Keefe, four receptions for eight yards. And then Johnny Richardson, two receptions for 25 yards. Yeah, and there was a lot of so, lot of missed passes, too. I mean, Holler in, in, in general, uh, Holler in specific. I mean, um, Holler in, in specific, there was one play where John Rice threw pretty low and Holler was mm-hmm. wide open. Yep. Would have hit him, probably would have hit the end zone. Yep. There was, another, there was no, another play at the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth. Again, this all blends in because it was such a bad game. But mm-hmm. has Alec Holler wide open on third down overthrows him yeah like he's just completely missing open open plays yeah and that's that's the thing too many lateral plays to try to get your i get it you need to get your receivers in open space but so much needs to go right you need to block right like i mean mm-hmm. and yeah that's been ucf's identity is yeah like throwing those laterals and taking off it's just not looking like that is what this ucf team is like Again, I might be wrong. In t- in a couple weeks, they can come out and they can throw those laterals and it'll be crazy. But, mm-hmm. like, you need to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. And it was so obvious tonight. Me and you were sitting there, we're like, they're going to start throwing the ball down the field because they just got two PIs in two yeah. seconds. Throw the ball. Yeah. And then they went right back to running the ball. So that was the number one thing. So offensive line. <laughs> what a mess. This is what happens, and I think this is where the transfer portal, you can act, oh, we get a good player. Great. You get good players. They need to mesh well. I mean, this offense just, and, and again, it's see how big of a difference one week in college football can change everything. 
we're thinking, ooh, you know, we blast SC State 56-10, and we put up 14 <laughs> against a team that gave up 31 to Syracuse and only put up seven points against Syracuse. Yep. It's one week. Offensive line couldn't create gaps for running lanes. I mean, how many runs up the middle did we do? There was just, you know, nothing there. two, three yards. Yeah, nothing there. Sacks behind the line. I felt like, and this is the thing, I criticize John Rice Plumley because he deserves the criticism. He had a bad game. He did not play well. But I am going to give a lot of the blame on his offensive line. There oh, yeah. were sometimes he had no protection. Yeah, the pass protection was horrible tonight. Absolutely abysmal. And now, again, it could be play call by design. If you're going lateral, you know, they get through the pocket and, yeah. you know, you throw it quick. But the plays were breaking down. Running lanes weren't there. Give credit to Louisville. I mean, they stopped the run. from the, Like, there was not a huge run. I mean, guess what? And the big runs and the big plays got called back for yeah. flags. Yeah. So it, it works hand in hand. I mean, UCF had the game in the palm of their hand. They had it, the reason for the loss is the 11 penalties. Yeah. You take those penalties away, but that's football. You take the penalties away, you, you, you beat them by two touchdowns. Unfortunately, you're not disciplined, especially on the offensive line. They need work, and when you try to bundle up a bunch of transfer guys and try to make them work well, you would think that that would work. But it is showing this offensive line is struggling outright. Like, they are struggling. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you have returning guys, too, like Matt Lee, you know, um, Lokahi Paoli, who were, were on list last year, who actually were pretty good last year, and... This year, just the whole unit is not does not look good, and and again, it's not just the pass protection. If if it, if it was one aspect of the offensive line tonight that was fixable, you know, it, it was if it was something that was, um, I think what I'm trying to say is if it was something that was singular, it'd be a lot yeah. more fixable. But it was a bunch of things mixed together that made this offensive line completely terrible. Uh, oh yeah. Not not just the poor pass protection and run protection, not just you know allowing a collapsing pocket for John Rice and not really giving him a lot of time to throw, especially because he doesn't have great quarterback vision. He's not really quick witted like that. He needs a little bit more time to throw um, and be accurate. And then on top of that, you add very undisciplined penalties. I mean, you you have a recipe for disaster. Um, and it led to a very predictable offense. I think that's the way to describe the offense tonight. Predictable, beatable. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think the, the offensive line, again, direct two holding pe penalties costed them direct touchdowns. I mean, that Johnny Richardson play, like, explosive, brought them right back into the game. And what happens? Gets called right back because of holding. I mean, that's just, it's a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare. That's what the title of this episode is called. It's called... A nightmare. Mm -hmm. Straight up nightmare. Friday night um, nightmare. <laughs> Friday night nightmare. Because they didn't score points for two and a half quarters. Nope. That is not UCF. No. Brand of football. And it's disappointing to watch. Right. I mean. And, and going, back to, going back to last year, I mean, they were able to put up 35 points and still lost. But like. That was also. And that's the thing, though. That was also, you know, I like to talk bad about him, but. That was Dylan Gabriel. Like he, that was when he was running the offense, and as soon as Mikey Keene came in, obviously redshirt freshman coming in, like true freshman, 
gets thrust in there. The offense took a dip, but see, I don't even want to say the offense was better. It like, yeah, maybe towards the end of the year, like against Florida, it was good, but like there were growing pains. I mean, we, lo- oh, we yeah. knew the USF game. I mean, the USF game was abysmal. They put up what mm-hmm. 14, it was 14, 10 or something. Yep. Like, I don't even, so this, it just looked like the same old offense. And that's yeah. where I don't want to create the narratives. Like, Ooh, do we have to start thinking it's Gus? Do we have to, no. I don't want to say, start saying that it's game two, but yeah. what I am saying is these are not like, Oh, let's, we can go fix these in practice in one week. This no. is like, yeah. You had a month to prepare, and you would think that you would have less than 11 penalties for 111 yards. And you would think, huh, maybe we should throw the ball a little bit more down the field when our offense has been known to do that. Unless they literally just don't trust John Rice to throw the ball down the field that much. Yeah. And they just want to run the ball they down people's throats. Well, I, I mean, four for not- 16 on third down. That's also four for 16 on third down. Like, yeah. that loses you the game, too. Now, Louisville Absolutely. was much better. They were 4 for 14. But that says a lot. Yeah. No, and I mean, it, it goes back to Hypel too. Like, we've seen this before. Like, uh, again, Hypel's last season, I'm pretty sure it was Hypel's last season, what was the first two games of the season, UCF's, the talk of UCF's games, first two games was, how do we diminish the penalties? How do we stop these penalties? The offensive line is taking so many penalties and we're running into the same problem. Uh, granted, it was it was a huge problem against SC State. It's a huge, 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 huge problem against Louisville. So I, I mean, that needs to be fixed. Again, it's yeah. not going to be fixed in a practice, but it's got to be fixed over the next few games. No, yeah, we're going to say one more negative thing, and then we can talk about <laughs> the positives moving forward. And night, Sand, I told you this is a rant. I mean, I'm hurting. I'm tired. I am annoyed i'm frustrated it's a lot i mean Mm -hmm. it's week two and you again there's a hope there is hope at the end of the tunnel but it's also just like these are winnable games that you should win they should have won tonight they should have won should have won by a lot i mean how many drives did the defense bail again it comes back to the defense bailing them out a lot of times again allowed a lot of numbers on the field but at the same time Hold them to 20 points. You held, yeah. and, and the talk of the town is Malik Cunningham and how they can put up points and how he can run all over you. They kind of stopped him after the first quarter. I mean, yeah, he was no, still running. No, they figured it out. They figured it out pretty much. Yeah, they figured yeah. it out. They were, they were starting to get to him. They were starting to get to the run game. They were starting to take him, forcing him into bad throws. And they didn't yeah, capitalize ultimately, on it. it. Ultimately, it came down to they scored 13 points in the second half and we scored zero. Yep. I mean, that's... That's it. They scored 13 points in the second how, half. And we how many, how many football games, college or professional, have you ever seen end 14 to 7? Not many. Not many. You don't, you don't win many games by seven points, putting up only two touchdowns. I said they were going to win by two scores. I guess what I meant to say was they only, won, they only scored two touchdowns. Only scored two touchdowns. <laughs> um, we won't get into recruiting talk. I think that's my main concern is you have big-time recruits finally coming here, and they were a lot of them were here tonight. And yeah, you could see the atmosphere all you want, but if I'm a wide receiver, if I'm a four-star wide receiver and I'm seeing the way that offense is run, sorry, and no offense, I lo- I'm a UCF fan, I'm not coming to UCF, and that's just a fact. I mean, right now with the way the offense is run, I wouldn't come to UCF. At home, 
seeing how the receivers are used, I mean, they're not used in a way that a number one receiver can get his touches. I mean, yeah, did if we, you're Javon Baker. Did, but, did we hear Kobe Hudson's name once tonight? No, and that's what I'm also saying. Like, I Kobe Hudson, like, it's like a bunch of these guys, I'm like, where are they? We're not using any of them. Mm-mm. Ryan O'Keefe had eight yards tonight. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> And that's your number one. That is your number one receiver. We didn't try to hit a deep ball. Like, if we, like, I, yeah, frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, Last negative thing, and then we're going to try to look at some positives. John Rice Plumley's pocket uh, presence is the one thing that I wrote. Um, Listen, people want to compare him to McKenzie. Well, let's compare him. (laughs) I'm going to continue comparing this man to McKenzie because that's what everybody seemed like they wanted to do for one week in Central Florida. No offense. He's not McKenzie Millen, and nobody probably is ever going to be. So let's just look. He is John Rice Plumley of the 2022 UCF Knights football team. John Rice has a problem in the pocket where, you know, on a lot of plays – he doesn't understand the right thing to do in that moment. So, like in certain moments, he runs when he shouldn't, and then in certain moments, he passes when there are clear running lanes that he can run. So, what do you do? You think, Rob, that that comes down to just not playing the position and still not kind of having a grasp on that pocket presence and no, and having that instinct yet? But it's like you've had a month, or you've had more than a month to kind of prepare and kind of understand that. I know they didn't go live, but. You've been playing the position for that long. It's like, don't you think as a running quarterback, you would know when a lane opens up and you would also know there's no lane here. Let me find an open receiver. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so, but I also think there's just a lot more pressure on you as a quarterback. I mean, I I think, again, we talk about the QB awareness. I don't think he's quick with this QB awareness. He seems very slow to catch open receivers and by the time he catches them I mean we saw that in the fourth quarter as well where he has a guy open for you know maybe a second and a half and if he releases that ball at the right time it's in yeah and he releases it a second too late two seconds too late and that opportunity is gone and gets knocked away um so I just don't think he has fast enough vision um and that was always the knock on him was the accuracy and his just lack of general QB awareness um I mean, you take it to all the way to the end of the game. Uh, what was it? A fourth and five or uh, fourth? Yeah, it was a fourth and five for UCF. John Rice Plumley could have ran it in. Elects to throw. Throws it behind Xavier Townsend. Game over. Game over. I mean, that that's the story of the game. He has guys, you know, he's trying to hit guys and he's throwing off. And then he has opportunities to run and he doesn't take it. He could have ran it in and he doesn't. He elects to throw and he misses. So... I mean, that's the difference in the game is, you know, like you said, he needs to better understand his his lanes. He needs to better understand when to throw and when to bail himself out and run. And I just don't think he has that right now. And, you know, maybe he'll pick it up. Maybe he won't. But I think that's going to decide ultimately between him being the starter of this team or him getting benched for Mikey Keene. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, and I don't even want to get into that tonight. We could talk about that. Yeah, that's um, a different discussion for a different day. Show. Yeah, we could talk about it at the preview for FAU next week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I've been saying that all night tonight. It is what it is. We need to figure out a way to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And I think Knights fans, here's the positive, right? It's a non-conference game. It, so 
we could call it like it is. There, we have no business right now beating a Cincinnati, Houston, SMU right now. We're not. Like, we're not there. Um, I think this team is still insanely talented. They have so many talented guys. They just need to figure out how to work together and mesh mm-hmm. together. John Rice Plumley, I still think, is the quarterback. I think they still can do things with him they can't do with Mikey. Problem is you've got to figure out what this offense is. I mean, what is the offense? If you're a power rushing team and that's what you want to do, you have your offensive line has to become that type of offensive line. I think they're still the concern of are we a path? Like, we just need to figure out what this team is. Mm-hmm. It's an out of conference game. You could still win your conference. You could Absolutely. still go to the championship game. You could still get a New Year's Six Bowl game, depending. There's just a lot to clean up, and there's mm-hmm. a lot, and we'll be talking about it in the weeks to come. I mean, people are going to nitpick this team like crazy after this game. Absolutely. And listen, you're an uphill climb. You just lost to Louisville, a team that everybody was saying was trash after week one. <laughs> you're an uphill climb. Nobody's going to think about you. You are so far gone out of the rankings. So I take back everything I said last week about the rankings. I mean, yeah, maybe they saw exactly what I, they saw about UCF. I mean – it's not the end of the world, but there's a lot, a lot not to like about this team. But I think we need to look at the positives and think this defense can hold us in some of these games. And this offense just needs to figure out very quickly what this identity is. And as soon as they can figure out this identity, and maybe that is changing the quarterback, we have no idea. And I'm not suggesting changing. I still think we need John Rice Plumley in there right now. But... We need to figure this out quick, and it's not a quick turnaround. You got FAU. They have a dynamic offense. We'll talk about that next week, but that's my final thought. It's not a conference game. It sucks. It blows. It's week two. I didn't want to – I did say in my preview of the season, I thought a week two (laughs) loss, even though I predicted a win last week. I said, I think we might lose to Louisville. I'm sorry if I'm the bad juju, but – those are my final thoughts. Rob, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I would I would echo that. I certainly don't think it's time to hit the panic button. Um, you know, we're, we're in game two. We, we expected UCF to lose at least one game. Um, I'm sure they'll end up losing more than one, um, especially if they play like this again. I think Cincinnati, even if Cincinnati is not going to be as good this year, um, I think Cincinnati and SMU's, Games just became a lot more important and became a lot more uh, challenging. Um, but no, I think right now, listen, the goal was never to get in the playoff this year. It wasn't going to happen. I, it, I mean, after Cincinnati really got steamrolled by Georgia, it wasn't going to happen again. So I think for UCF, there's still a best-case scenario out there. It's There's still a very good chance. Um, maybe not very good, but there's still a good chance they can – redeem this season and you know finish with maybe two three losses and still uh make it into the american championship game um you know there's still a chance that they get if not a new year six bowl game they get a halfway decent bowl game as something better than the gasparilla bowl you know against against a good opponent even though um ucf did play uf last year 
I think there's still hope in this team. There's still faith in this team that, like you said, you, you, I think said it best. They're still looking for their identity. There's a lot of new guys on the team, a lot of returning guys, but a lot of new guys on the team. And I think it's going to take time for all of them to mesh together. And I think it's up to Gus and his coaching staff um, to get the most out of this team. And I think that's really what it comes down to. There's clearly talent on this team. There's clearly clearly a lot of individual talent. It's just getting them together to form a good team, maybe even a great team. And it's up to the coaching staff to tap into that and, and you know, unleash that potential. Well said. Well said. Hope we're on. We can't get any lower. I mean, I shouldn't have said that because it. Could oh, you get just worse. jinxed it. You oh, just no. jinxed it. Now, now they're going to get blown uh, out by FAU next week. Don't say that. See, now you just put no. See, <laughs> I have wood right here. I knocked on it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Me too. Hold All on. right. N- not not a fun night nights. No. But and I'm not going to sleep very well. No. But there is still hope. Absolutely. This team can turn it around. They've got the tools. They've got everything they need. But you got to call like it is. I'm not, I am not the type. I told Rob, I'm going off on this pod. I'm not the type to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, let's look at the positives. No, it was pretty much all negative. This Mm -hmm. was not a good game. We sucked. That's the fact. We're going to move on. We have FAU next week. We need to... We are back to being underdogs. That's what it is. Yeah. We can't be the big big boy on campus anymore. We are back to being the underdogs. We'll go to the Big 12 next year and be underdogs again. But if we want to try to compete for this American title, we need to beat some of these teams. And yeah. that's all I'm yeah. saying. What, what they need to worry about is in-conference games. Yep. And you got to worry about what your record is in conference. Worry, yep. worry about getting to the American Championship if you can, and and salvaging that season. I mean, I think that's that's the most realistic thing. And let's go try to beat Georgia Tech too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, listen, if you pick up some out of conference wins, absolutely. Yep. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Charge On. Sorry, Knights fans. If this helped your healing, if this <laughs> helped ease the pain, then please subscribe follow us everywhere apple podcast spotify stitcher everything iHeartRadio. um follow and subscribe to us on youtube um both at our youtube page and beliefs um we post our videos on both of those youtube pages so whichever one you prefer we appreciate it and yeah um i appreciate all of you i know this hurts it's gonna hurt pretty much all week but we're gonna get through it and we're gonna continue loving watching this team and i still think there is some good in them we'll be back next week with a brand new episode with an fau preview and just going over nick will probably give his thoughts on this game so get ready for more heartbreak uh (laughs) heartbreak for the week i mean that's all i can say um definitely wasn't the cardiac nights tonight but uh gave me a cardiac yeah i think it was a different type of cardiac more just pain broke my heart yeah All right, Knights. Go Knights. Charge on. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.